Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gay With God podcast. Thank you for tuning back in, and I can't wait to say to you, Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. So today, I'm speaking directly to not just the LGBTQIA plus community, but I'm talking to allies because the name of this particular episode is Celebrating Pride is not just for the LGBTQIA plus community. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But first, I'm going to read an excerpt from my memoir called I Died at 30. So to give you a little heads up, a lot happened in my life as far as coming out. And at one point, coming out to my family did not go well. And there's probably another episode here that talks about that specifically. And I go into a little bit more detail in the memoir. So this particular chapter in the memoir talks about some of the things that happened right after I came out to my family and how my parents took it. So in this particular segment of that, it's talking about right after things went badly for me and then my sister needed to go into the hospital to have emergency surgery after giving birth to her son and I hadn't seen my parents or talked to them since one blistering phone call that my mother had uh, made to my wife after they received my coming out letter. And then I had gotten a blistering conversation with my mother after that. And so now I'm at the hospital, and this is the first time that I have seen my parents or talked to them since that conversation with my mom. So the next day, my parents showed up at the hospital to see Polly. I knew they were coming, and I was scared to death to see them. I was sitting in Polly's room when they walked in. Both of them stared at me and then looked past me to talk to Polly. My breathing was shallow, and I stayed quiet. After talking with Polly, my dad turned back to me and said, Have you eaten? No. Come with us. Where are we going? I didn't really trust where they would take me. Where do you think? The cafeteria. I followed them out of the room and hoped that we really were going to the cafeteria. I had heard stories from friends whose families kidnapped them and put them into psychiatric placements. When we got to the cafeteria, my parents talked about Polly and never brought up my letter. I was too scared to bring it up. The entire time I was waiting for something bad to happen. My stomach was cramping, so I only ordered a drink, which my dad challenged. Why aren't you ordering food? You know I hate hospitals. I just thought I'd come down to visit with you, but I'm not really hungry. He stared at me and then ordered what he and Mama wanted. Even swallowing liquid was hard during that unbearably awkward visit. Thankfully, that visit ended without anything overtly bad happening. But I knew at that moment that my relationship with my parents would forever be changed. 
In the years to come, every visit with my parents was tense and uncomfortable. Daddy was very reactive any time I inadvertently touched Mary's arm, and I was disinvited to family reunions if I wouldn't go along with pretending that I wasn't in a relationship with a woman. It was unbearable at times to be with them, yet I still craved their acceptance and love, and they refused to disown me. It was emotionally exhausting. Looking back, I know that I shut down all my feelings to get through it, and that took a toll on both my body and my soul. Nevertheless, with or without my family, I was ready to stop wasting time and move on with my life and my relationship with Mary. I couldn't wait to have a holy union to signify our love. I didn't want us to be in a relationship without the only union we were allowed to have. Still a little religious guilt going on, I think. As it turned out, Mary and I proposed to each other on the same day. The same day I had planned on asking her to marry me was the day she decided to slip a ring on my finger while we were snuggling on the couch. I couldn't believe it. We chose to have our ceremony in the backyard of some dear friends in Greensboro, North Carolina. They were so happy for us that they planted 40 rainbow-colored mums alongside a path to the arbor. Rose, who had a minister's license, married us. It was such a beautiful and spiritual day filled with many loving friends. Danny, my Labrador retriever, laid beside me by the arbor, and I traced her paw on the line as our witness. Though Mama came, Daddy refused to attend. He would not condone our love or support our wedding. I felt hurt and rejected by him, and I was conflicted about Mama's presence at the Holy Union. I was happy she was there to support us, but I knew she thought we were going to hell, and I didn't want any judgment on our special day. Mary's dad and my brother walked us down the aisle respectively. Having my brother there to support us meant the world to me, and I was so happy that he genuinely wanted to be there for us. My sister refused to let our nephews come to the wedding and carry our bracelets because she didn't want them to witness our union. I disinvited her because of this, but she showed up anyway. Her wanting to support me didn't ease the feeling of her disrespecting my wishes, nor did it be address the betrayal of her keeping the boys that Mary and I had loved, spent time with, and babysat, not to mention had been listing as guardians to them, that that was all jerked away from our sacred moment. Moment of Grace I appreciate that my brother, mom, and sister wanted to support Mary and I by attending our Holy Union. I realized that my parents and my sister did not have the knowledge or skills to understand that my being gay was not a choice, and their fear for my salvation interfered with them being able to be fully supportive. So I read that section of the memoir because I want to talk about why pride is not just for the LGBTQIA plus community. It is for us because we're celebrating our authenticity. We're celebrating the life that we were created to be, and that is to be ourselves. And yet, in that whole time that we're celebrating ourselves, there's so many things that we need. We need connection. We need laws to protect us. We need people to stand up for us, and we need people to love us genuinely, not just tolerate us, but accept us, understanding that we are good enough. We are divinely created, 
and that creation was called good. There's no, oh, this tree is good and this tree is bad. Oh, that mountain's good and this mountain's bad or that lake or river or plant or whatever animal. It was good. And that had a period after it as far as I know. The King James Version even said it was very good. So, hey guys, we are good and very good as created by a divine being. So here's the thing. When we celebrate pride... Our allies being there for us is part of our victory, that we are not just celebrating by ourselves. We are celebrating with an ongoing understanding and a realization that the bigotry, the homophobia, the violence between us as a marginalized group is starting to end a little bit by little bit. Now, it is very depressing what's happening right now. I will not deny that. Yes, we need to get out and vote. Yes, we need to think about our brothers and sisters in other states where you may not be living or other countries where we're not living. But if you are in a state or a country that is voting in laws to put you back into conversion therapy, to kill you, to take away your basic rights, to not even be able to say that you're gay, to not be able to come out to a teacher and have your rights protected. All of those things are deplorable, and yes, we understand that, and yet there is a community of churches and people who are beginning to see that homosexuality was not the sin that everybody wants it to be. It is not a sin to be gay. It is not a sin to be in a church and be gay. We are not going to hell because we're gay or because we believe that God is our beloved creator and that we are beloved to God. That's not sin. The only sin is hate. The sin is bigotry. The sin is treating someone not equally or giving them the equity that they deserve. Those are the sins, my friends. Not you, not me. If we are in a loving relationship, that is not the sin. It really boils down to how we treat people. It boils down to how we perceive God in our own heart, in our own mind. You know I have spent years battling this out with the God of my understanding. I have spent years doubting and fearing and not understanding. And I still don't understand everything, which really ticks me off, but that's just part of life. I'm not going to understand everything. I am encouraging myself to continue to live with the doubt and live with the unknowing because there's nothing I can do about it. That also means, though, that I don't have to live in shame. I am not ashamed about being gay. If anything, I'm absolutely thrilled to be gay. And I got a wonderful Kelly Lattimore icon print for myself that has Jesus with the rainbow triangle coming down over his face and I just adore it. Many people will probably not adore it, but it's not for many people. It's for me. So that as I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing my coaching or I'm writing my memoir, I'm looking up at a picture of my beloved Episcopal Church that was printed and given to me as a gift. 
and I have my Jesus with his rainbow triangle over him with his little icon and I absolutely love my workplace view. If you are an ally, I'm encouraging you to make your love tangible. If you have a daughter, a granddaughter, office mate, or anyone in your family or your friends list, if they are LGBTQIA+, it is imperative that you as an ally make your love tangible. And what does that mean? That means you walk the talk. You just don't talk the talk. You don't say you're an ally and do nothing. You don't say you're an ally, but you vote against our rights. You don't say you're an ally and are afraid to even put it on Facebook that you love your friend or you put a ribbon around something to let people know that you are an ally. And I know that just like us, there are times that you cannot come out in our defense because of your work or because of something that could be dangerous for you and that's the same for us I'm not going to go into a place that I know may potentially be deadly for me and raise my LGBTQ voice you know by myself with no backup so yes safety take the safety and understand that but what I'm saying is that if we are not walking the talk If I'm not putting myself out on Facebook as a gay professional, no one knows that there are gay professionals, not just for me, but for all of us that do that. I'm I'm in a, a big, big pot of people who are more vocal and more out now than ever because we absolutely have to show the world that we are professional, we are Christian, we are loving, we are parents, we are kind, we are the all of the things that everybody else in the world is trying to be, hopefully, loving, wonderful, tax-paying, wonderful people. And if we don't put ourselves out there, everybody can just create their own image of what a gay person is. That's how we got the images of pedophilia in the gay community. We got the images of always wanting to have sex every, every minute of the day. We have those images because no one was able at the time to show their face in public and say, I am gay and I'm a football player. I am gay and I am a professional lawyer, teacher, because there were real, real consequences of being gay a teacher in a school system. That's what got me out of the school system because there was a gay hunt going on at that time. And one of my best friends was demoted in their position to try to get them to quit because he was gay. So there were real consequences and still are real consequences. But without making ourselves visible, without having our allies support us visibly, then that's a big void in our pride because we are having to still hide and it's getting deadly and it's getting super, super scary. So if you are able and you are not under any threat, please walk the talk, be visible, make your love tangible, go to a pride parade and cheer us on. Do something in your neighborhood if you can. Go to other events. For example, tonight, on tonight, June 5th, we are having a Pride Mass at my beloved Good Shepherd Church in Asheboro, North Carolina. And we are celebrating pride and the knowledge that we are beloved by God. 
You don't have to take the Eucharist when you come to this Pride Mass. You don't have to get out of your chair. But your support sitting in that chair, showing up for us, means everything. Being there, being present, giving us a hug. The Pride Mass is not just for the LGBTQIA plus community. It is for our allies to be there to support us as well. We had it last year and it was a great success and I really am so thrilled that Father Joe's doing it again this year and I was so grateful that he did it last year. So I'm supporting it and I'm going to be in my colors and I'm putting it on this podcast and I've got it all over Facebook and Instagram. I want you guys to celebrate wherever you are. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate those of you that you love that are LGBTQIA+, and especially you allies, be supportive tangibly and, and by showing up. That's how we change the world. We change it with love and visibility because that shows that we absolutely matter. And that's what everybody wants to feel is that we matter and that we're seen and that we're heard. And like I said from the excerpt from the memoir, I do appreciate that my family wanted to be there, or at least part of my family. It did hurt me terribly that my father was going to miss the only marriage, so to speak, that I was going to get. And the Holy Union was all that was available back then. We did that as a sacred thing, not that it was legal and it meant nothing as far as paperwork goes, but it was the only thing we were allowed to do at that time. Blessedly, we are now allowed to have a legal marriage in most states and that that is considered just as viable as any other heterosexual marriage. Now, yes, They're still trying to take it away, but they haven't done it yet. So voting is still critical and putting people in office that understand that equality and equity is the only way that we're going to survive as a country and in a nation and a world. And we are further advanced than a lot of other countries, and we're also behind in some things. So we just need to continue to go at the pace that, that we can create for ourselves. But that's part of it, is that we create our reality. If I believe nothing will ever get better, then it won't. But if I believe that there is going to be a light at the end of this tunnel, if I believe that even bigger and better things can happen for our community, then I am drawing that energy to me. And then as I put that energy back out into the world, I do believe that's a co-creation. I believe God wants that for us. I believe that that was Jesus' message all along, that we as a community need to do exactly on earth what's going to be in heaven. And heaven will come in whatever form heaven comes. And it will come because we have prepared the place that is worthy of heaven. And as you can imagine, we're not done yet. And we're getting further and further away from the goal from what I can understand. So let us come together. Be visible. Be tangible. Be loud and proud if you are able. And love the God of your understanding. And do not feel shamed 
by that, by anybody's rhetoric, by anybody's actions, no matter who they are to you, their bigotry and their misunderstanding of the scriptures has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do how it affects you. I get that. I've lived that. And I still feel it from time to time. So I understand where we're all at at this point. I don't have the rose-colored glasses, but I will not keep depression in my heart and soul. I will continue to look to the light. I will continue to believe in miracles. I will continue to fight as long as I can fight to get things exactly how it needs to be for us and for the kingdom to come. So my beloveds, do what you can. Do what you can, and if you are an ally, do what you can so that we can all stand together in pride and in the love of the God of our understanding. If you are hearing this podcast today on Monday, June 5th, then you are invited to our Pride Mass tonight at 6 o'clock. That is at the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Asheboro, North Carolina. And I hope to see you there. If you can't make it or you don't live near us, it will be live streamed. So please hit that up on the church's Facebook page and their YouTube channel. So that's the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd. You can find that on Facebook and it will stream live. And it also gets posted on the church's website as a video that you can watch later and this Thursday at seven o'clock June 8th I'm doing another ask me anything segment and that will be for anyone who is interested in another snippet of the memoir to let you know where I'm at in the process of writing and when it will officially be launching and when you can pre-order and it's just a great time for you to ask me literally anything it doesn't have to be a bit the memoir but it can be it can be any question you would like to know about me my life my work you can ask me anything And then next Monday, June 12th, is my Faith Journey group, which is a Zoom group that I've started through the Gay With God Facebook page. And that is a time for us to kind of unpack where we are with our faith journey, what's a bugaboo for us, what is something we don't understand or something we need help with. And sometimes we'll look at a scripture and unpack it. Sometimes we talk about just life. So you are so welcome to join that. You just need to join the Gay With God Facebook group on Facebook, answer all of the questions so I can invite you inside, and then you can join the My Faith Journey once a month. That runs 6.30 on this Monday, June 12th. I can't wait to see you at any or all of these events. I would love to have a better relationship with you as we're moving forward. Feel free to leave me a message uh, on my email, empoweredmidge at gmail.com, and let me know what topics you want me to discuss on this podcast when I don't have a guest. And if you want to be a guest, as always, please connect with me. You can go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you will see how you can become a guest. And fill out that form, and we will be in connection with each other so that you can tell your coming out faith journey story or talk about whatever is relevant to you in your life right now. 
it's a great time to plug your business or your book or whatever you've got going on that you want to let other people to know about in our community. So come be a guest and let me support you and honor your story and also support you by letting folks know what you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I really love to hear from you and I love to be able to know that you are getting what you need out of this podcast. So if you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure if you are gay, God has always been with you and within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.